Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Good day. And Robbie Payne. What's up? Yeah, he's here. He, he, he was. I had he to was, sit up. I was lounging. He was. He was lounging, drinking some coffee. We always have coffee during this. We we have we have we coffee always, most of the you time. You could have left during this all. We always have coffee. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be making we're gonna be making some some limited edition mugs here soon. If you're interested in that, let us know. And possibly, possibly, Robbie's can, gonna roast. wing it. Yeah, we might do our own joking, roast. Totally joking. Uh, we we're we're that into coffee. We roast our own coffee. We so. do. We do. But we do it at a pound at a time in the machine. So yeah. So but we seriously, do multiple pounds. It's let gonna, us know if, a lot. if you're if you're viewing listening to this on the website or you go to the website. Drop a comment if you be interested in some artesian roasted coffee from chrome unboxed is it is it art art artisanal artisanal artisanal, artisanal I, I don't think. know that's i don't know anywho small, yeah it's small batch i don't yeah. think i don't think you can say we <laughs> roast coffee i think mainly I, robbie roasts the coffee i have roasted i've coffee. helped a couple of times well but. what's cool is that uh, a guy at our co-working place so the other job that i work uh i trained him how to roast as long as josh been roasting Ooh. Probably coming up on a year. A year, I would say. Yeah. So he was interested and said, "Hey, if I if I roast, can I uh, get get in on some free coffee?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so pretty much Josh roasts most of the time now for the for the office over there, which it's, is it's nice to roll in and be like, "Cool, it's there," because I'm not there in the afternoons anymore, so it's not as convenient. It's, it's the Robbie effect. Yeah. It's the Robbie effect. Yeah, it just hang around long enough. Hang, he'll be a Chromebook user. <laughs> that's right. Actually, he is, yeah, his he is. wife is they a Chromebook user. Yeah, they yeah. got two of them. They now, got so an yeah. X2 and a And Lenovo. he went from being an Apple, an iPhone user. He now has a Pixel 2 it's, XL. Yeah, the Robbie the effect. The whole family's yeah. got Pixel phones. They've got oh, yeah, a Lenovo got a convertible. Yeah. It's the Robbie yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah. 
Anywho, folks, we're uh, we're going to be talking a lot of fun Google stuff today, um, and the first of which that I want to start with is uh, some more leaks from the upcoming uh, f- smartphone from Google, the Pixel Four. They've just they've totally debunked the whole like phone release. They're just or not not debunked. I don't know. They've they've turned it upside down. Yeah. They're just like yeah, this whole like big huge thing to release a phone. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I saw an We're article just, the other day that said that it's like Google has completely killed the yeah. smartphone yeah, launch. Yeah, <laughs> sorry Samsung. <laughs> we'll still watch though because Samsung's launches. Not the talking parts, but just the stage setup oh, and everything. Yeah. They're it's intense. awesome. Yeah, they yeah. are intense. Yeah, it'll be fun yeah. to see what the note. I mean, kind of know what the note looks like already. But, but just but this, what other kind yeah. of cool stuff they had into it. But this all started um, with Pixel, uh, with the Pixel Four getting leaked by Google in June. Uh, in June, yeah. yeah. And then uh, this past week, they put out a video saying uh, that they have a new feature that they wanted to tell mm-hmm. everyone about. Mm-hmm. Of a phone that isn't released yet, they're yeah. they're already talking about features in a phone that isn't out yet. Yeah, it's, I love it's it. So it's so weird. Like it's almost like I, I'm not even sure how to process it exactly. They're, like I, it's just so I, different. For I mean, what's so funny is that for the last few years, phone companies have or not phone companies, but phone company phone manufacturing companies, uh, Apple, Samsung, whatever, they've all acted like the whole leak culture isn't happening, even though. It's so pervasive now. Like used to, it was every once in a while you got a leak. Remember the iPhone 4? That was the first one. The dude left it at the bar, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I going totally way back. I'm that. going way back. And then there was one that got left in an Uber or something. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. the next year. And, you know, it's always been debated whether or not that was intentional. Like if Apple staged that a little bit, I could see them being savvy enough from a marketing perspective to stage something like that. Uh, created, created a ton of hype and, and all that kind of stuff. But the, the point is, like manufacturers have just behaved as if that stuff's not happening. Like they'll stand on Like Google did this last year and we talked about this. Like they stood on the stage and, and debuted the pixel three and three XL as if none of that had happened. And it's so weird. That's just a weird cultural thing. It's weird for us to be like, cool. It's a launch event for something we know literally everything about. Like everyone knows like that. We was, just were talking there, about the was note there, 10. Was there anything with the, the three? Zero. There was like, nothing, nothing about it that we didn't know. I mean, we're talking they, software features yeah. were leaking, and so it's cool to see Google just taking it by the horns and saying, "You know what? This is going to happen. We're going to get out in front of it, and we're going to control the narrative." And I think that's more important than anything is that they're saying, "Look, it's this stuff's going to get out." Like the way supply chains work these days, it, there, I don't think there's any way any of these guys can completely stay under the radar. The big ones, now you know, like a Nubia phone or something like a sub brand of Xiaomi, you know, sure. That can kind of coast under the radar, probably, and and even if it leaked, people wouldn't get all excited about it. So, the big ones, I think, are starting to slowly figure out, or they're just, man, maybe Google's going to start something new here of saying, this is kind of pointless, like trying to keep it hidden as if you've got some sort of secret thing that you're keeping away from corporate espionage. Like that's just that's not reality. That's not happening. We know everything about the Note 10 already. Yeah. That's going to be debuted next week, and so. Unfortunately, it, it does take probably some money out of the pockets of um, uh, news outlets because they kind of rely on some of that weird subculture to 
keep putting news out that people want to read. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we exist on that. Like yeah. we dig through there. Of course, what we do isn't leaks necessarily is it's going and finding Research. stuff that's openly yeah. available and researching it. So it's a little different. Um, cause I don't even know where some of those leaks come from. Like yeah. the people just decide to be like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to send this to somebody. Well, and it's yeah. Gonna, yeah. For the, for those of you that think we have insider information, I, I, sadly we do not, <laughs> yeah. but that's, I mean, that's fine. I wouldn't expect someone to jeopardize their job just to get no. something to, if you want to send us an out. anonymous tip, that is allowed. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, 100%. we're not going to turn you away, but no, we, we rely, we rely almost completely on research and then obviously yeah. news from other outlets yeah. where, where they've found something before we did in these, in these phones now, like it's the whole, uh, phone case thing. Like people are getting oh, these yeah, mocks, too. the yeah. metal, uh, uh, what, what are the, the, the dummy phones or yeah, whatever? It's just like a big metal slab. Yeah, so screen can, protectors and stuff yeah. like that. They I have mean, to have it because of the, again, this is all the nature of the beast. They have to have that stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Cause if you, you got, launch a phone that has no cases and no screen protectors out of the gate, no one's going to buy it. One point seven. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And so, I mean, all of that stuff, like Google sees that, Google knows it. And don't fool yourself into thinking that Apple doesn't see and know this stuff and Samsung doesn't see and know this stuff. But, you know, Google's the first one to be like, you know what? Yeah. We just announced the Pixel 3 didn't sell for crap. They did announce, um, we didn't even have this on the notes to talk about, but they did announce that the 3A and 3A mm-hmm. XL are selling well. Quite so well. Our, yeah. all of our hypotheses around that are true. Uh but even then, you know, I think Google has a little bit of a "we got nothing to lose" mentality going on here, and so I like it. I do too. I love it. I absolutely love it, and and I think it's, you know, we haven't even talked about the feature yet. You know, like what what they debuted. So if if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, what did they show? Uh, it's uh, things that have already been leaked. Uh, that yeah. Pretty much everybody assumed that face unlock would be a thing with that big kind of forehead. Uh, on the phone and all the sensors right so all the sensors are housed there instead of making a like apples the more i look at apple's notch the more goofy it looks you know because it's three quarters of the top of the display like you really just get two little ears of extra display on the top so it's completely pointless um and so like some of the phones that have smaller little notches like those make more sense to me because at least you're getting some usable screen real estate stuff up there for apple is not even usable it's, it's yeah, if you're gonna do a notch i think the teardrops kind yeah, of the way to squeeze go squeeze it in but, a little bit but if you're gonna have all of these sensors like apple does on the iphone and now that the pixel is gonna have i mean they leaked i don't even say they leaked they announced it's gonna have uh two no it's a dot sensor two ir sensors an ir flood sensor i'm not really sure is, what that so. is the front facing camera and the speaker all housed up there and oh they're also going to have the little project solely uh, radar in there. So, yeah. so that was the second part. There's the face unlock. Yeah. And then so, so that's going to allow face unlock. The mm-hmm. little ad was really cool. It, you know, it shows the phone and kind of a lateral view, uh, lady's face kind of moves into it. Boom. Phone unlocks. And then she starts swiping her hand and mm-hmm. stuff starts happening on the screen. Switching and that's songs. All, yeah. Yeah. That's all project solely. Yep. Yeah. And they're calling been, that, yeah. and they're calling that motion sense. Motion right. Sense. Yeah. We've yep. been talking about this stuff for years. Project solely has been around what? Five, six years, something like that. Is it 2014 or 2016? I think think it was 14. Yeah, I think it's been five years in the works. Yeah, they've really been working on it. They've they've talked about solely openly at I.O. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. and we've written about it. We did something a couple years ago about... It was right when we first started when we were tracking Kevin... And there was something about hover states. We didn't realize what was happening. So right. on, say, the Pixel, uh, the Chromebook Pixel, and then the second one, and the Pixel Book, 
all have this. I don't know if the Slate does this or not with its keyboard, but it has the ability to just sense nearness. It basically knows if your hand gets close. And the key, yeah, Gabe's doing it right now with the Chromebook Pixel. As soon as he moved his hand close, the keyboard lit up. He didn't have to touch the device. It knows. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. That's all those commits were about. But because we got, I don't even know how we dug in and found this. We kept uh, digging and it was like, oh, you know, touch, you know, proximity sensing, da da da. And the next thing you know, we're on to Soli. And it's like, yeah. are they putting we're Project convinced Soli that in they're a gonna have, We're oh going to have God. a minority report Chromebook coming out and and honestly the potential is still there and sure someday we'll see it I mean we're not saying that it's in the works right now but I mean this this tech has come a long way and eventually it will be a part of everyday life just like you know 10 years ago if you'd have said we'd have smart speakers in every corner of our house we looked at you like you had three heads you know now we have I mean smart speakers in every room of our house go, go back 2007 is when the first iPhone came out. Yeah. Go back to 2005. And if you would have told me every phone everyone carries will have a massive touchscreen on the front of it and people won't interact at all with keyboards, hard keyboards yeah. and stuff like I would have been like, oh, that, that'll be a neat future. Like, I can't wait for that to happen. But like actually visualizing it happening would have been difficult at that time. Uh, but now that's you just kind of like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And there's already been articles written about project solely and how it's going to change the way we interact with lots of stuff. Like I, there's a chance here that Google goes well beyond the pixel four and leveraging solely. Like it's not just a, Hey, this is a, a gimmick for this phone. This becomes a new way that we interact with digital devices because in general, it's a very small sensor. I mean, the sensor is being put up there in the, in the top bezel of the phone. Of the so phone. It's, it's, it's tiny. tiny yeah. Uh, it emits a short field radar. So this is the same technology that a policeman would use to point at a car. And when it passes through that space, creating a vector that then they can measure point A to point B, it moved this fast. Here's how fast that object is going. And that's a blunt radar. So that's a large field radar. Soli is a small field radar. So it can, it can detect small movements. And, and Google has shown this like putting project solely in a watch in, a watch, yeah. in the hand, someone's hand right over it. And imagine if you would, uh, I'm kind of making a motion right now as if you, the world's uh, smallest violin. Yeah. yeah. That's what that, you doing. know that, that whole joke, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, seriously, it's a movements as small as you were, you just, were turning one grain of sand in your hand. That's yeah, how small like, it is. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the same, the same motion that would be turning the dial on, on a regular watch, yeah. like that small of a motion project solely can detect and move. Uh, in real time. So there's all these applications all of a sudden, you know, you want to change the volume on your car radio. If your car radio had project solely, I just reach forward and, and turn, you know, because they can say, Hey, whatever that gesture is, the hand makes this shape and does this motion map that to an action. Right. But so whatever you want to do. And so of course this would work on. And it's mind eventually. blowing because radar in and of itself is somewhat low tech, mid tech. Yeah. It's not really high tech, but the application is like the way they're incredible. doing it. Cause it's again, it's this near field radar and it's, it's extremely, extremely sensitive uh, versus what you're used to seeing radar being used for, which is large blunt objects. And so, I mean, think about a Chromebook, you know, just, just the ability to, to move your hand back and forth or, or, uh, maybe, you know, go into overview mode or swap virtually, you know, I'm all about virtual desk. You know, imagine you had to work in virtual desk. Yeah. Every to. podcast until I have it until it's 
in my possession. <laughs> there's Boy. some, maybe there's a, there's a developer listening and they're like, gosh, can we please launch virtual <laughs> so desk so Robbie will up. stop talking about <laughs> but imagine it. how, like, how futuristic it would be. You're typing on your Chromebook and you have your third, fourth, and or second, third, and fourth virtual desks out in space. And you're typing, you're typing, you just reach up and make a swipe motion. Boom, you're in virtual right. desk two and swipe backward this way, you know. Just, could, like, could projects so solely eliminate awesome. touchscreens? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think it, we talked I mean, about that a little bit. Yeah, it can detect this Tension and this zoom. and this. Yeah. If I'm on my my tab, my Google tablet that they're not making anymore, and I'm scrolling through my news feed, yeah. how, and I'm how not you, touching it, how would you tap a button? How would you tap? Yeah, you'd still have to have like that. Like that's yeah. because then now you're your in multiple coming, angles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I think <laughs> selecting text would be difficult with it, but I think pinch zoom, yeah, scrolling. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, it, it could easily be though. precise enough to detect it. It's just sure. imagine like how. How do you how do you get to it that, right. that piece of content you're trying? But I think yeah. they can work in concert so well. Yeah. I mean, man, the 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 applications here are just wild uh, when you start thinking about it. And from what I understand, like, and Google can put a blog post out about this. It's not like they just dripped a YouTube video no, out. No, it wasn't like the tweet on, from. Yeah, it's yeah. on they were their like freaking blog. Like it was right out front. Like, hey, by the way, here's some new stuff about Pixel Four. Yeah, like and, and go read about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's crazy town, honestly, like how they're doing this. And, and I do love it, and, and I'm excited for what I still firmly believe is going to be an earlier date. I think we're going to see an earlier date than October. Like, they're leaking this stuff out already. I just can't imagine them sitting on it until October. That seems a long way away. Send us the invite, Google. Let us yeah, know. Yeah. Send us the invite. We're ready. Check we're, my email I'm right feeling, now. I'm feeling September. I'm telling you, I'm feeling September. September 9. Yeah, I still, I'm holding to it. I'm holding to it until yeah. until we are a week out or two weeks out from that, and we haven't had an invite. Then either we're not invited yeah. or <laughs> mm. that would yeah. hurt. Yeah, that, that would, would that. That, that would burn would a little bit. That would hurt. Yeah, that would hurt yeah. my feelings. We we talked about this in the last podcast. Like e- even if they don't have a, a Chromebook, I think they would still invite us. Oh, they're hundred percent going to have a bec- Chromebook because of some of the other stuff that we cover. But yeah, that FCC filing. Somebody updated their article. Uh, might have been nine to five Google updated their article about it and there was something else even more confirming in that that it's a chromebook um mm. i think it was a wife somebody fi- finally found the wi-fi module or something and mm. it, like the the model number that they passed through is identical to yeah. the pixel book yeah so it's it's clearly i mean atlas is going to be the next pixel book i just don't know that it's going to look like the the what, pixel book what sure hope seen, it does yeah. so in, in these features that we're talking about you know f- face unlock particularly um you you were speculating that that this Atlas device could 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 have that sort of tech in it. Yeah. Maybe not the exact same thing. It's it's maybe no, not no, all the sensors. It's not going to do all that. No, no. But I, I think um, so. Phones like the OnePlus. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, they added Face Unlock. I think on the OnePlus Five T, maybe. Long time. Um, ago, yeah. So they've had it for a few years. Super fast. Um, but it's what you would consider RGB Face Unlock. So it bases it on a photo. And as much data as you can get from that front-facing camera to determine whether or not this is a person versus somebody holding up a picture of you and unlocking your device. Uh, my guess would be, like, what we're seeing is back in January, they added uh, specific code commits that leverage what already exists in, uh, I think, 7th gen and, and later uh, Intel chips. Uh, they have... I can't even remember the name of it. Like, if something photo device library. Yeah, it's the Intel... 
photo library, face library. Yeah, it's it's got like all the stuff that Windows Hello basically uses. So Windows Hello, if you look it up, uh, they're basically saying, hey, Windows Hello works with any number of uh, unlock methods, whether it's fingerprint, IR sensor, retina, or just a RGB camera. As we all know, in general, um, Chromebooks don't have anything other than an RGB camera up front, and most of them are pretty terrible. Uh, so I doubt this will come to every Chromebook. Um, I don't even know that it'll come to the first-gen Pixel because it's a 720p webcam. Uh, the Slate, on the other hand, has a 1080p front-facing webcam. It's a much better webcam than what's on the Pixel uh, Pixel Book. Uh, so there's some stuff that's out there that's just like, eh, I'm not really sure. The only IR sensors we can find on upcoming Chromebooks are mainly for ambient light. I'm not going to give too much away. I've got an article to write about that. But um, has nothing. That IR doesn't have anything to do with face unlock. So it would definitely be an RGB face unlock. Um, so not as secure for sure. So, well, but, but we were talking, you know, this could be something that's used in conjunction with a pen. For, ex- <laughs> yeah. for example, like you have two methods of unlocking and right. a, um, a face becomes part of it or yeah, something. Yeah, because right now you have, anytime you boot up, you've got to put in your entire password for the first time, no matter what. Um, and then after that, you've got, you know, the proximity of your phone can unlock it. You've got, you can change it over to pin, but none of those things are quite as secure as your full password. Um, I think the face unlock in this, in this iteration could be that. And so, but they're building a foundation now to say, okay, we have face unlock. It's part of the UI. It's part of the general process. Um, it's a less secure method of, of, you know, keeping your Chromebook lock, but it's, it's an option if you want to use it. Foundation's all there. So then future Chromebooks could probably start leveraging things like retina scanners or, um, you know, more sophisticated IR scanners or something like that um, in order to make it fully secure. But since they're going to build it into the Pixel 4 already, and then they've, they've kind of created the baseline with the with Chrome OS, it's kind of like, okay, it's all here now. We're just waiting on a device to have the hardware to leverage that, and we just can't find any that has it yet. And and it's we're not seeing anything like that on Atlas, no, which is at, the device that we hope will, will be at this hardware. Right. Event. We'd assume Atlas is the next Pixel Book. Um, we assume we're going to see it this fall, and I would assume if they're going to roll out that as a feature, uh, Atlas would be the first one to get it. Yeah. It would just be kind of like, hey, this is they got this, and it'll roll down to other devices eventually. It's kind of the way that... They've done they've done some stuff like that with the Pixel Book when it came out, and they did some stuff like that with the Pixel Slate when it came out that were just unique to those devices for a little bit, and then you know they opened it up. But again, I, some a lot of Pixel or a lot of Chromebooks have such terrible cameras. I'm just I'm just to... not sure how all this is going to shake out. It's quite clear they're working on face unlock, and all these new MediaTek tablets or devices mm-hmm. all are having it. And so we explained in the article the reason right now you're seeing crap tons of commits around face unlock for that processor arm and intel are just different right. so intel says here's the stuff we brought make your thing work with it uh, arm says i'm a flexible chip you can make me do whatever you want me to do but you got to write the stuff to tell me to do it and so uh, intel shows up and says hey we had this library for face unlock stuff make your it's chromebook work right with there it. in the chip yeah. you just have to tell the the board to you know and add ecs and make the camera work with this for the arm, they've got to go, okay, whatever we're doing with the Intel thing, we've got to do something similar with this so Chrome OS isn't trying to do two different things for the same process and write each of those things. So we get to kind of see all of those commits play out uh, for the MediaTek. And I would assume all they'll do, because this is all ARM-based stuff, it's not necessarily just for that MediaTek. They'll take all that and they'll do whatever little tweaks they need to for the Qualcomm chips, but they'll be able to basically take this whole library of stuff and go, 
and drop right. it onto the to the Qualcomm devices that are coming. So who knows? Uh, you know, if 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 one of the ARM powered devices gets uh, either like a Retina scanner or something cool like that, hopefully we'll we'll come across it at some point. Uh, we'll see it and be able to report on it. I just I've looked and I haven't seen anything yet. So I love I love that idea of of opening up the lid of your Chromebook and just seeing and you yeah. and you're Boom. logged in. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and like to fingerprint me, scanners are dope, and I, I love fingerprint scanners. But man, that's that's a whole nother le- level of yeah. uh, of convenience. Like, and almost all, all I have to do is open up my Chromebook, and boom, we're in. And almost all the uh, Chromebooks coming out, all these ones coming out in the second half of the year, almost all of them have fingerprint scanners on them, or they've at least got the stuff on there for it. So, yeah, biometric stuff is going to be much different uh, at the end of this year than it than it's been for Chromebooks in general. Yeah, so so going back to going back to Atlas real quick, um, the, you know, like you said, this is this is the hopefully Pixel Book Two that we are hoping to see uh, at this event, and you've got you, you found some some more Geekbench information. Yeah, so uh, Kyle Bradshaw over at Nine to Five found um, the uh, Geekbench results, and we had found some before. And I think we've talked about it on here on the podcast. Mm-hmm of a Pixelbook showing up with both ARM chips being tested and some 8th Gen U-series processors being tested. And we assumed, like, okay, maybe that's kind of working towards the next Pixelbook. Not really sure. These, what, six, seven results all say Google Atlas. These are the first ones. They were from May up to... yeah, May through like July ninth yeah, or something. Two, three like months that. span. Yeah. Um, so they're relatively recent and they show Core I five, Core I seven, eighth gen Y series processors, same exact processors that are in the slate, but all of them with sixteen gigs of RAM. Now to look at that and compare it to what we saw last year, for instance, when the Pixel Slate started leaking this way, A, it happened much later. We didn't start seeing this type of stuff until I want to say in September, September was it was like that. two weeks before yeah. the event or something like that. And so we're already seeing this now um, again, which leads me to believe this. We're talking an earlier event this year, uh, but they always end up leaking and showing because they want to see these benchmark results for devices with all the RAM variants. Right. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing all 16 gigs of RAM across the board. And we're seeing a much improved score on the I5 benchmark. Again, these are synthetic benchmarks. Um, but I don't know. We're not sure exactly why the core I five is scoring so high, but it, it is, it's scoring like up there with the I seven, yeah. um, and in multi-core. So, um, that, that could be an interesting package, a core I five with that high of a score paired with 16 gigs of Ram. And, um, but since it's, you know, at, at that time that they're going to release it, what it's technically two generations old processor, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. And I think Intel just announced that they finally are coming out with their, 10 nanometer so i mean it's not an antiquated chip but it's it just feels late to the game it really oh, it does. is because i mean yeah i think this thing was developed alongside the pixel slate yeah so what i'm hoping is that means a price reduction i hope i mean i know they're adding more ram right. to it and i'm sure it's going to be premium build my hope is it's very similar to the existing pixel book um but i'm hoping that that using a chip that's that old uh, would allow them to you know come to market with a much lower price right focus awesome. on the aesthetics and the design of the device and still put out something that's p- 
plenty powerful for the average, right. more than the average user. I mean, it's not like the Pixel Book's a slump by any means. No, not it, at all. It's, for most users, it's more than enough, you know. So, yeah. and then if you need that extra horsepower, the i7's there. Or if you really need more than that, you can get one of these U series devices that are dropping like flies. Yep, and we're going to see tons more of those coming out this fall too. So it's not like there's not going to be other options. So I think maybe Google sees that and they're like, "Hey, you know, we had to put Atlas off for whatever reason. We don't know what that is. Like, who knows? I mean, Atlas could have been." thought of as one thing and maybe they're going to make it a tablet and maybe you know who knows but whatever it is they went back to the drawing board a little bit and they chose what seems to be the same the same basic baseboard that they've been working on so i hope that means lower prices i just i don't think you can roll up and charge a thousand dollars for a core I, an eighth gen core i5 device at this point i just i mean it can but i think it would be a really bad decision for them to do that and people are going to get, be pretty upset about it so if you had to speculate, uh, wh- what do you think the price ranges would be? I would love to see it six ninety nine for the i5. Oh, the i5, okay. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Because you look at the a sixteen gigs the of RAM C- though. Yeah, the C four thirty four is between six and seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. depending on where you get it for the i five. So I'm I'm calling eight ninety nine. Is what I, think so. I mean, it'd be I'd love to see it at, at seven hundred, but I, I'm saying they start at eight ninety nine. Yeah. Could be wrong, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when this fleshes out. And, and you know, if they if they pair all of that with just Google design aesthetic and make this thing super premium, I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to see it a little cheaper, but I'm I'm maybe going to lean towards Gabe. I I think, I, yeah, it, it's, it depends it's hard on to how say. aggressive it's, they want to get with yeah, it. Too. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's true. true. If you want to move true. units and you actually want this thing to sell pretty well, and yeah. especially in the environment it's going to launch into. With so many other yeah. devices. And it's it's crazy. We keep talking about this, and it feels like some of the time is dragging on a little bit. But, I mean, we didn't see the explosion of devices that happened last year until October, November mm-hmm. time frame is when it all showed up. Like, if you can look at our YouTube channel, and you can see <laughs> when that happened. Like, you can see yeah. just, like, review, review, unboxing, review, unboxing, review. You know, we didn't do anything other Man, than Joe's those still videos. editing videos from it last was, year. It was crazy. <laughs> and it was crazy. Comparatively... It's three times the number of devices yes. that we're trying. Yes. Like, yeah. We're tracking Easily. so many devices right now. And there's probably devices we haven't even seen. I, Lenovo just dropped an Armada. They have right. four, yeah. di- well, three new models on the market. And we don't even know which ones those are yet. And hmm. I, we need to do a thought. We, we need to do a wrap or a, a, a come together of everything that we're tracking. Because at this point, I couldn't even tell you how many it is. I'm sure it's. There's a bunch. Probably a there couple a dozen. <laughs> you got Hatch has what five in that family. Yeah. You still got Gemini. You've got new Gemini four. Lake devices still coming out. Yeah, still that's being, not counting. Any and it, of those and it, these aren't ones that are that have been in development. They're 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 making new devices. So that which, baseboard is what Octopus, right? Yeah, I saw yeah, two so, uh, two other boards show up. Yeah, because these are the devi- yeah these night. are the this is these are the chips that all of these EDU devices mm-hmm. and all of these smaller budget devices and. Uh, stem from and there's there's I can't wait dozens we, of them till we get a couple of them in uh till they start actually hitting market because what we used in vegas uh, that was super early build um obviously because i mean it's, that was eight months ago now mm-hmm. seven months ago um and those gemini lake asus devices felt great yeah like where those those become the 
Lenovo C330s of the world. Right. That, it's crazy, though. You think about three years ago when you thought about a budgety, not even budgety, just that lower end Atom processors at the time. What came to mind? R11, yep. Acer R11, uh, the Acer Chromebook 14. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I would dare you to name six devices that have an N3160 in them. A 3160? Or 3060, either one. The old, the old Braswell. Or has, yeah, Braswell. That's Braswell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now. There were some, I remember. <laughs> spring of 2020, I bet we'll be able to name off at least 20 devices that have. Oh, yeah. But we have we have this this melding of these different generations of chips. So you've got Gemini Lake, but you've still got uh, EDU devices using Apollo Lake because it's cheaper and it's yeah. more cost effective. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you know ninth gen chips and tenth gen chips and all this stuff. And it's it, we're, it's, it's going to be hard to keep track of it, it all, is. honestly. <laughs> but those devices they'll come out and they'll be in that three hundred four hundred dollar range at first. Yeah. But we'll see a few consumer models because I don't know that we're tracking any consumer model Gemini like things yet. Everything we've touched or Lenovo, talked about, yeah, Lenovo's new ones that they haven't even technically announced yet that yeah, has a Gemini Lake processor. Yes, those will be like consumer model Gemini Lakes. Like those could probably launch around three hundred bucks, but those are the ones that come Christmas time are going to be two hundred dollars. I'm telling you that little Gemini Lake chip. It, that it, they finally got there right like and, braswell and, they, yeah. and all the apollo lake and all that crap before it like i've always had to there's always a caveat there's always uh-huh. an asterisk like yeah it's cheap but man you're gonna feel it you open up more than two tabs and uh yeah. like i remember just doing multi-touch gestures and stuff and you can go look at our youtube channel mm-hmm. and see from vegas when we were messing with that like it's like oh my gosh this this performs it performs okay you know it's not gonna blow the doors off right but it's not going to frustrate you. Yeah, like, and that's and that's oh, great news for, that. for for consumers because as the market has expanded and we have all these higher end Chromebooks coming out, people have complained that you know because Chromebooks started out as the budget device, sure. and they're not anymore. But good news, this is going to open that space back up because I think we'll start seeing the premium devices settle into that you know, 800 to $1,000 range, except for like the maxed out ones. And these Gemini like devices and things like this are going to open up the doors to having, I can go buy a $250 Chromebook and it's not going to be a piece of junk. Right. Right. Because right now it is. Most $250 devices, I would tell you no. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. So So many, so many Chromebooks. Yeah. I love it. We got a lot of work to do, guys. Yes got a lot of work yeah, to the do. next few months are gonna be nuts yeah and we've said that a hundred times and again in at the end of july beginning of august it's like i keep saying that I is it gonna happen yeah. where is it <laughs> it's like gonna is it gonna happen, happen? Yeah. like it's 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 coming like there's only we can you can tell like the, the bubble's getting ready to bust if it, it's kind of hard to explain but in the when you're looking in the repositories in general um, and looking through to find code stuff when a board's new so we've talked about Trogdor on here. Gosh, yes. <laughs> Joe loves Trogdor. Yes. Um, Trogdor. So <laughs> right now, because there's so few commits around Trogdor, um, you can type Trogdor in the search, and you can find every commit that talks about Trogdor. Because Trogdor is not being tested on a bunch of stuff. It's not in the middle of a bunch of things. Then you type Atlas. And you type Atlas. <laughs> and you're like, how does any of this have anything to do with Atlas? And most of it doesn't have anything to do with Atlas. Right. It just happens to be one of those baseboards they throw into the test to right to because test once everything. they have the the test and once a board's been in there for a certain amount of time, it gets rolled into this larger repository where it's just it's a thing. 
So any new stuff that comes into Chromium gets tested against Mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. So any devices that are out there or coming soon or or have been tried and tested, they're in there. So yeah, you search Atlas, you might as well just close your Chromebook, search anything, and just scroll through. There, I found more stuff about Atlas recently, just starting at the beginning of what the and the repositories too have gotten to the point where used to it was like cool. There's you know twenty new commits in the last couple hours. I'm not kidding you. I'll read through. I'll put 50 on the front page, and I'll I'll just kind of look glance through them. Get down to the bottom of the page, hit refresh, and there'll be another 20 that'll be added to the top. And so I there's a lot of times I'll sit and go through the repositories. I never hit to page two. Yep. I never even bother. Oh, what's just, awesome is because it, there's if, so many, and I'm doing this yeah, at midnight because I usually. use the keyboard shortcut. So if you if you just press in, it goes to the next page. What's awesome is when you're reading through 30 of them and you press in, and the second Same page 30. They're the ones you just read because they just dumped another hundred on there. It's it is insane. So yeah, buckle your seatbelts. It's we're getting ready to go into a different mode of Chrome Unboxed yeah. with with this stuff. And and because I've said for a long time, like I don't know how those Android guys deal with uh, like because you can't you can't handle the the sheer number and volume of Android devices that exist. You can't talk about all of them, so you just got to pick and choose. And just imagine trying to track every Android phone oh made in a year in a yeah. given year in a given month. Yeah, I mean, just out of control. And so I don't, I don't know that we're there with Chromebooks, obviously, but it's going to change uh, pretty dramatically in the next six to eight months. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lots, which would be fun. About. It's yeah. more fun to talk about stuff that we have in hand and we've messed with than talking about stuff yeah. that we're hope was coming. Right. This might show. I mean, that's part's fun too. Yeah. But like the other day when those <laughs> Lenovo Chromebooks showed up and you sent that message, I'm like, like yeah! <laughs> I told Joe, I was like, this is, this is what I live for with, with Chromebooks. Yeah. Like that whole, like, Oh my gosh, they announced something. It's new. What is look it? at this new yeah, thing. Yeah. And what's it going to be? And how much is it going to cost? And you know, are people going to yeah, like it? Yeah. Are we going to like they it? They blindsided everyone with that. I, I think mean, we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. So uh, uh, Asus, companies Asus just showing has up done it where they just showed up. Samsung did it. Yep. The V2. Just, hey, by the up. way, here's a whole cart full of new devices for whatever you want. And these these Lenovo's are pretty sweet. They've got some new colors that you've never seen on Chromebooks before, mm-hmm. and that you can tell. And I think I think I wrote an article about this. I think it was about Acer re, Acer regurgitated the original Chromebook 14 in like a blue color. I think it yeah. was exclusive yep. to Costco for a little while, and they never said a word about it. They're just like, <laughs> oh, by the way, here's the same device but in blue. And, and we talked about the fact that that is a that is a sign. That's a, that's just a an indicator that manufacturers are taking the consumer Chromebook market seriously. Yeah. Because when you think about education devices, you think about matte black, rugged. They're ugly. They're bricks. Right. You think about going to Best Buy and buying yourself a new computer that you're going to carry around in your bag. You want something that looks good. You want something that right. looks like a MacBook or it's colorful or whatever. And these are these are sharp looking devices. They yeah. really, really are. So yeah, the market is is maturing. Yes, I love it. Right, I love it. Eyes. I love it. It's I cool. love it. So, folks, stay tuned. Chromeunbox.com. There, we're we're going to be covering all this stuff. But right now, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee, 
So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. All right, welcome back, everybody, and uh, we're going to hop right in to some Stadia news. So for those of you that aren't aware, uh, Stadia is Google's new streaming platform. I'm not even calling it a service anymore. This is now a platform. Yeah, so gaming. This is is game streaming platform. Game streaming platform. Most accurate. There we go. Yeah. So this is... uh, I was trying to think of a better name for it. Yeah, no. Game streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. so this is, a, this is a topic of conversation around our office uh, pretty much we every can't day. can't wait. <laughs> can't pretty, wait to be able to flip my Chromebook open and play games. Pretty much every can't day if we talk about this. Wait. Truth. Yeah, it, it's going it, to... Yeah, we've talked about this in, in other podcasts, but for any of our new listeners, we legitimately think this is going to change gaming. I, I think it's going to change gaming. Yeah, and not just Google's efforts, but you know, Xbox oh, yeah. is doing a thing, PlayStation's doing a thing. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Nvidia's been about it for a while with GeForce Now. It's just they don't it's have a, quite the resources to get right, get it right. going. But there's a lot of players in the space that Google is going to use their massive infrastructure to probably do it better than anyone's done it so far. But I think it's going to push uh, game streaming in general just into. Uh, Whole a, a better, realm. Yeah, yeah, just a, a bigger realm of consciousness. Like people will think, like, oh, that's a thing. That's not just a weird little side thing. Like that's a main way that we consume games, uh, and I think that could be in the in the near future, like the main way that a lot of people, casual gamers like ourselves, right, um, are going to consume games. Because right. I don't need every bit of latency gone as long as it's, I don't notice it. I don't care. So <laughs> I'm not that worried about it. So I it the the simplicity of what they're going to offer outweighs most of it. Like if it's too slow and it, you, you can't, you know, react fast enough to play a game. Yes. That's a problem. Right. But right. The minute that that's not hindering me anymore, the, the benefit of being able to flip my Chromebook open and go to a URL. I mean, think about this for a second to go to a URL and play PUBG. That That's staggering yeah, to me. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. And, you know, it's just going to be so neat. Uh, nothing to install, nothing to do. You know, you're watching a. I don't really watch gamers play on YouTube much, but a lot of people do, like by the billions. And so, you know, take all those people that are watching their favorite gamer play and, God, you know, with the Stadia instances and stuff, like, hey, you want to play through that exact scenario I just showed you? Just click the link do down this. there. You're good. Yep. Click a want, link. Want to play with me? Yeah. <laughs> click, click the link. Click the link. And we're in a game. Like, done. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, and forget 100 player multi you know uh rooms like royale yeah yeah yeah. put a thousand people in the room because guess what all the all the servers are in the same place on the same type of network so the whole like well if we can't you know we're stretching people from california and here you know it's not going to work it's too far the latency's too much yeah that's not a thing not a problem for google nope i mean stadia opens up so many possibilities for multiplayer i just thought about this you're going on you're going on vacation for a couple of weeks you don't want to miss out on playing games with your buddies. Throw your controller and a Chromecast in your bag, and you're good to go. Yeah, no I matter. Mean, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Or buy your cheap Chromebook because it's not going to take a lot of Chromebook no. hardware to run this. No, it's not because none of it's running on the Chromebook. Can the Chromebook stream 1080p video? Then it can run Stadia. Yeah, just get um, one with a decent display, and yeah, you're good to go. You want something good to look at. If, if yeah. you can watch a YouTube video, you could play. Correct. Right. Yeah. Because because that's the Part of the magic here is Google's infrastructure and knowledge of video streaming that they've acquired 
over uh, how long has YouTube been out? Good lord, uh, a while. Two, is it fifteen, twenty years? Is it that long? Ye- uh, I remember watching some old school YouTube stuff on some old computers. It was back before it was anything like it is now. But we can ask Google. Ask Google how. Old. Yeah. Let's ask Google how. Yeah, old if YouTube only we is. had a way of. Re- how old is YouTube? If only we had a way of fourteen knowing. years old. Okay, oh, all right, close. you were close. Yeah. So think of how much they've learned about codexes and Their compression codex. yep. and all of these things that go into video. It's it's mind-boggling. Like the uh, what was the the Nat and uh, the two Google employees that uh, had that channel? Oh, Nat and Low. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nat, One of them. I left. wish. I wish. I wish they were. I think they it's were, Nat and Friends. Now. Yeah, Nat, Nat's still making to- some videos. Totally man, worth a watch. It's, yeah, whenever it's they so were making cool. those early videos were fun. I yeah. wish they would put out some more content. Um, but they did a. They've done a couple videos about like some of the YouTube the tech that goes the, behind. Yeah. Like when you upload and a video and it's compressing it and then it's rendering it and all that. Like this is not. Hey, it's going to one hard drive somewhere and then it's you know changing the file type and then it's on YouTube. Like it is so much more vast NASA computations going on and it's all so that YouTube is the best place for video to be streamed from like as an experience whether I'm on a small phone or big phone or TV good internet bad internet here's how we can make the experience pretty good for nearly everybody right and and that's essentially what Stadia is it is a streaming video streaming service yeah, don't that you're, forget in, you're interacting with right in the end but, you're basically real-time interacting with a video of a game running on a computer somewhere else that's all it is like yeah. that that game is running if you went to that the exact server you happen to be connected to at that moment and plugged your controller and plugged a monitor into that server that would be you playing on that server this is you removed and basically doing a video call <laughs> into the server i mean it's exactly what's happening here uh it's no different than what happens when we do a video chat I don't expect to say, hey, Joe, uh, what's going on today? And then you Not hear much. it. <laughs> right. Like you yeah. see it the same time yeah. I say it because we're having synchronous communication. Same thing. That's what Stadia is. It's synchronous communication over video feed that whenever I push a button on a controller or a keyboard, the latency is low enough that it's happening in real time on that server and bringing that video back to me. But in the end, I'm just controlling a video feed. I mean, to oversimplify what's happening, I'm hitting buttons that are controlling a server somewhere else that's just controlling what I'm looking at in this video feed. And tell me a company that's better suited to serve up video in real time to massive amounts of people than Google. I mean, no one. So it's going to be awesome. I I just can't wait. And so we, we know we, we know all the basics um, that there, there has been, one Stadia Connect, uh, yeah, or is it? Um, yeah, the next one's coming. Yeah, um, so, so this this is uh, what they're branding as their kind of informational series that they're yeah. doing leading up to the launch to let uh, let consumers know and let let mm-hmm. the press know kind of and what's it's gonna going to be on. continuing. Like mm. the like Nintendo does something. I don't know what they call uh, theirs, but they're you know like regular event, regular yeah. little press Update, events yeah. where they're like, hey, here's the new stuff. And so like the new Switch that was announced was right. at one of their little press events. They usually do them in conjunction with some sort of big gaming thing. There is a huge Gamescom uh, is happening in Cologne, Germany. I only know this because I researched it for an article. Um, but it's happening in uh, mid to late August, so in a few weeks. And a Redditor had posted seeing a screenshot of an ad <laughs> that oh, showed yeah, up in yeah. the feed. for. Uh, it was actually a quote from the AMA that uh, the uh, 
what what is director his name? of product director of product yeah. i'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name um the director from of stadia yeah, yeah from stadia did an ama on reddit uh and he answered quite a few questions and one of those that somebody asked when's the next stadia connect and he just said sooner than you think and they took that quote and made like an ad out of it and put it in social media feeds and so if you see that ad that tells us that Stadia Connect, a lot of people were just assuming we'd see one right before, like the next Stadia Connect would kind of be the launch right, announcement the launch, like in, yeah. no, in November. Uh, mm-hmm. But it looks like there's going to be one pretty close, and most people are speculating it's going to happen uh, right at or before GamesCon. So within the next few weeks, we'll get another Stadia Connect, likely get another list of games that are on board. I think we talked about last week or the week before that... There's been over 4,000 developers uh, apply to develop uh, their games for Stadia, so that's mind-boggling, but um, we obviously won't see those right at launch. It takes a little bit of time to make sure that things you know, uh, are ready and, and working for the new platform, but hopefully we'll get a list of some other new games that will be coming, um, and then maybe some other specific little details. Um, just some of these smaller things that until we started thinking about them, uh, weren't really an issue <laughs> but now all of a sudden it's like huh well how's that gonna work and, yeah huh well what about this and and so we've got the ama pulled up here there's uh, uh the the guys over at the uh, reddit thread if you go to the official reddit uh for stadia i say official it's technically just the main it's just our yeah. somebody created, stadia somebody created there's like twenty six thousand yeah. members in here so yeah. it's it's as official as it's gonna get <laughs> but he the the let's see what is his name so i'll give him some credit here uh, Joshua YX, Josh, no, Josh YX. I'm sorry. Um, but he took, and he was nice enough to actually go through cause the, the AMA thread is pretty gnarly. Like it's hard to find like where the main guys talking amidst all the rest of the comments, but there's some interesting stuff he put in here. Um, he just basically summarized that whole thing. So he found the main question and the main answer right. and, and just distilled this whole thing down. Uh, so will there be free to play games for stadia? Um, the answer hope to have a few free to play games to announce in the next few months, not ready to share anything. Um, that, that conversation devolved. Some people wrote some comments or some articles about that. Um, devolved a little bit because that was they were talking before that about uh, free games in conjunction with the 999 stadia version versus the free one that's going to come out in, in february and so there was some confusion i think between the, what was being asked and what was being answered because the idea being with stadia base that comes out in february there are no free you don't get any free games with that stadia base means you get to use their platform so hey we'll hand you an xbox for free just buy your games for this platform that's the idea um, he was kind of debunking that it's not Netflix for games and all this kind of stuff, but that the paid people that have the the more premier membership get 4K streaming. Uh, I don't remember what some of the other basic um, options, but there will be one or two free games a month, and those those create a pool of free games for right, you. So it'll right. start out with Destiny 2 is the big one they're pushing now. So everybody that pays for Stadia will have that game, and you keep that game. It's yours, and all those add-ons, they're yours. Um, and then next month, uh, hey, this month's free game is blah blah blah, and you get that one too. It's not like it replaces Destiny. Like, so you'll develop a pool of free games, quote unquote free games, uh, as long as you are a paid member. From what I understand, once you cancel that membership, 
Like you don't have access to those games anymore. Oh, okay. They're not, you didn't purchase them. You don't own them. They're yours because you're a member. Right. But yeah. And that's, that's where the gray area was, but games purchased like an individual game Correct. purchase is yours, whether you're on right. base or paid. Right. But the free games the free gained games. by the subscription service go away if you cancel Correct. your subscription. Right. So it's no different than like if I subscribe to Google play music and I uploaded 20,000 of my own songs and then cancel it like while i'm subscribed to google play music i have all my music plus every other album ever you know that's out there uh, but then the minute i close down that subscription you lose all of that extra music but it's they're not going to take away my music like that was mine i paid for that stuff and so uh it's the same way it's going to work the exact same way as that does but in the middle of that conversation we just had somebody was asking about stuff like fortnite so fortnite is the the battle royale portion of fortnite and I think PUBG has changed to this now. It didn't used to be, but I think it is now. Or like PUBG Mobile, they're free to play. Like you, you buy them and they're free. They work on these subscription bases and the royal passes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like that's how they make their money on it, and they're doing quite well. Um, that was the question somebody asked in the mid oh, crap in the middle. Of, sorry, I hit my mic. <laughs> talking, he's getting hands. excited talking He's, PUBG over he's excited. Um, and so the. Uh, the question was asked in the middle of that. So are there going to be free to play games? And they were talking about stuff like PUBG and, and Fortnite or apex legends that have the free play section. Plus the bigger game. Well, if you want to play the single player Fortnite, you got to buy that game. You, don't, you can't play that free. You can only play the battle right. royale portion. Um, and so I think there was some confusion there because he was answering about free games on a monthly basis and he was saying no. And they're like, they're not going to be any free to play games. That's not what was being said. So if you read anything out there like that, that's not what they were saying. I, they haven't said yet whether Fortnite's showing up. I don't know if Epic Games, surely to goodness, is going to make uh, Fortnite and surely to goodness PUBG Corp is going to make PUBG for but there has not been an official announcement for either of those mm-hmm. very popular games that would be insanely awesome I'm sorry, can on we, Stadia. Can, can we, can oh my we, gosh. Can, yes, if in, insane. Can we talk for a second about and I don't I, I don't know the name and if some one of you guys want to google it. The Fortnite tournament, the dude that just won the, the Fortnite the tournament. The kid that won like oh, uh, 3 million. Yeah. I just saw it this morning. Oh, what was his name? Uh it was their World Cup yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 So yeah. did that, you see it? It was in an arena. It's an ama- it, it like, was an, it was an amazing event. Like yeah. it looked so dope. Like they had like all these features built and like it looks so cool. So if that doesn't tell you that that sort of gaming is popular, oh, it's, yeah, it's I, unbelievable. I mean, the, the the winner took home three million dollars. Yeah, he's sixteen years old. And I was listening to uh, I think an NPR story this morning, and he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna invest some of it. I'm gonna you know save some, um, and, and then I think I'm gonna buy a new desk. I, I just want some more room. Like yeah. from his gaming setup like that's what he wanted Smart to buy kid man he has three million dollars so he's, he's probably go. just like well i just updated my gaming rig like <laughs> last month so i literally there's nothing else to buy for it so i need yeah. some new shoes yeah. um yeah, yeah. Please, so yeah kyle, kyle gearsdorf maybe Anyways, he got his gamer tags Booga or Bugga. It's B U G H. Is it Bugga? Yeah, I would call that Bugga. And no offense, yeah. Kyle, but yeah, cool. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, amazing. Good, good, good for him too. Saving some of that. Please, please, please stash that away, buddy. Yeah, um, you'll, you'll appreciate that bit of wisdom later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But so, yeah, I mean, like, and you think about again with Stadia games like Fortnite, games like PUBG. Um, I, I don't know how this will work moving forward because. 
you've got these games that are on these platforms that people are already on. As Stadia begins to emerge and online gaming begins to emerge, the abilities in those, well, well I mean, PUBG Mobile and PUBG are very different games. So I guess yeah. maybe, you know, for Stadia, there's just going to be additional things. Like you could do 300 or 400 people in Erangale instead of the 100. Gosh. I mean, think about some of these maps you drop in. If you never played any of these games, just oh. forgive us to indulge for just a moment. Um, you drop in on some of these maps, and if you drop in and you jump far away from the plane. Yeah, Miramar, you got room to run around. Yeah. I mean, you, you could Mir- run for 20 not minutes. Not see anyone. Yet. Not see anyone. Kindy's okay, too. Yeah. I mean, if, if like we, we tend to jump to this one point, and we either die really fast or we win the match. Or we got all like, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the two things. Well, you but you talk you, 500 people in Miramar, it's going to get messy real well, quick. I mean, you think about it, though. They've got that one round, the one type of match that starts with a small circle. Smaller map, yeah, yeah. But you still have 100 people in yep. it. So it's like you jump in, and you're going to be in action immediately. They could do that with the full map. Yeah, and More just people. add three or four hundred people instead of a hundred. Cross Stadia, your fingers and hope you land on a gun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, St- but Stadia can handle that. Regular uh, servers yeah. can. So, how you know how do they go about adding those types of features to these games that are already established? Because I, if they do it and they do some of those little tweaks and make some cool stuff, because I mean, think of what they can make maps look like. Oh, like they wow. just oh over they just overhauled Erangel, for instance, in yeah. PUBG, and I mean, it made it look way more realistic and just. Uh, awesome in general, just the new lighting yeah. and all this kind of stuff. They'll be able to take that ten times oh, more. Gosh, yeah, yeah and they, they brought they can, some stuff to Vikendi that that came from the 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 more robust version of PUBG. But you you'd be able to take the the full version of PUBG and do even more. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's insane. And so yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how that develops. How because there's all these new tools, like they show in that. I think we talked about this before, but they showed in the uh, Stadia Connect like these different ways that we can interact with each other on multiplayer because of the platform. It has nothing to do with because you're playing, you're streaming a game. It's the platform. The platform creates these new things that can be done and people and the gamers are excited about it. Developers are excited about it. So now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you can play PUBG on your PlayStation. You play it on Stadia though. You get this, this, and this, and these new features are awesome. So it'll be interesting to watch how those integrations take place. Multicam. Being able to yeah, see you your talk about view. multicam yeah. overhead yeah. shots, the streaming, the streaming uh, access of it, tournaments. I mean, yeah, you could you could call up your friends and you know start a local tournament in the town you live in, and you don't need to do anything. Be like, hey, we already have computers anyway. We've got Chromebooks. We've got Just whatever. Up and go to go this down URL. to the library and do it. It doesn't matter. We're going to have a PUBG or an Apex tournament or a Destiny tournament wherever. Man, we should do that. It's it is. This is bonkers. this is this is taking me back to uh, playing uh, Halo with my buddies. Oh yeah, and we would have the we would have cables and crap ran all through different rooms. Oh, and parties. Oh man, oh, and I'll be it. honest with you, like one of the the hangups for me with gaming on a regular basis. You know, I'm older. We've got jobs and families and kids, and there's just all these other things. Mainly, one of the hangups for me about gaming is I need something that. If I want to sit on the couch and play for 30 minutes or something, I need it to be kind of con- concealed a little bit. Like, I don't need to take over the living room TV, for right. instance. And I don't really have, like, a man cave. And I'm not going to be that guy that, like, goes off into some other room and plays games by myself. Yeah. Like, none of that's, like, realistic. None of that's ever going to happen for me. And even the Nintendo Switch didn't solve that issue for me because I don't want to play on that smaller screen all the time. 
And so what happened was we started playing games on the big screen in the living room where everybody is because I don't want to be antisocial when I'm home with my kids. But Stadia gives you the ability to pretty quickly open a Chromebook. I can play for 30 minutes, close a Chromebook, and walk away. I can do that on the couch. I can do that at the kitchen table. I can, anywhere. I'm not having to take over a room. I can do it on my lunch break. You know, I don't have to remember, oh, I did I bring the Switch with me to play a video game? Like, all of that goes out the window because the thing that I'm sitting here working on, click of a button, and I'm in a game. You know, like, I, I, that's the part I am so excited about. And I'm going to ask a dumb question here, but how, how are they going to handle, uh, like, for, for example, uh, like, battle royale stuff people playing on their phones versus people playing on a chromebook or playing on with the controller because the way stadia from what i understand like the app is only gonna be on pixel phones at first it'll mm-hmm. it'll expand obviously um it will pair the same way that the chromecast will with the controller so you would be able to set your phone down and, and play with the controller so if you chose not to do that and use touchscreen it's probably just like hey shame on you Okay. So, sorry for you. It's not a different version of the game. I don't even know how on-screen controls are going to work on your phone, to be honest with you. I'd, I'm assuming you'll be able to of, map stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. going to be an on-screen controller is what I would think. So, like, yeah, like so I don't, the I buttons read that through, exist yeah. on the Stadia controller somehow will have to be on the screen for you, probably transparent is what I would think. And you would map. So, like, the if it's A, B, X, Y, like, the A, B, X, Y buttons will be on your screen. You can probably move them where you want them. But in general, right. like those controls are going to be. I was where reading they are. through a lot of the the Q, FAQ yesterday, though, at Mount Stadium, and most of the verbiage speaks to pairing your controller with your Pixel phone. Yeah, they I mean, may not. They may just say there are no on-screen controls. Yeah. You have a controller. Sorry. Well, dope. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of that solves that. that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I want to know. Yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was there was there anything else in that um, AMA see, that we wanted to touch on? This is a cool on? thing. Will there be mod support? Uh, he said in November, no, but in the future, we're working with developers to find the best way to do this. So, Ooh. like, because modding is a huge Dope. part of gaming. Absolutely, uh, PUBG exists because player unknown. <laughs> yeah. He is a he's a modder, and he built a mod of like what were those two games? Some uh, like zombie game yeah, and something I don't else. Remember what it was? Um, and that's how PUBG even came into existence to begin with. It's how the whole the, this entire movement. You know, you're talking about this this massive. Fortnite threat, you know, Fortnite tournament that happened. This kid won millions of dollars and they filled arenas with people watching this game being played. None of that happens without player unknown modding a game to create PUBG, to create the battle royale genre to begin with. Like none of none of that exists without him having done that. So modding and gaming is a huge, huge deal. So the fact that they're not going, no, no mods, you know, they're completely open. They just don't know how they're going to go about doing it just yet. Right. Dope. Um, Let's see. Yeah, what happens if Stadia is discontinued? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. In general, Google tends to axe their free stuff, not their paid stuff. So don't worry too much about that. Right, um, and, and no offense. At the end of the day, it's a gaming service. If five years from now Google decides to sunset it, it's going to be okay. Enjoy the, you, enjoy the still, time you spent. And, you'll still have your Xbox or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, family sharing is coming. Um, not going to be available out the box, but... Um, early next year, uh, a little bit more time is what they need, but you'll have a parental dashboard. You'll be able to get parental controls over Ooh. kids' experience. So I guess it's just going to work just like Android. And yeah, that'd be my guess. So Google stuff. Google has kind of family sharing stuff. Usually, I think six accounts is what you have. So with your one Stadia account, likely you'll be able to share games um, between people because uh, that's been a question too. Like how do I lend a game to someone? I'm not sure that they've answered that. 
Um, support for other Chromecast versions. This one was this one was cool. Mm. Dang it, that's twice. I've hit my, <laughs> I've hit my mic. Um, support talk, for talks with sit his on hands, hands. folks. He talks with his hands. Support for other Chromecast versions. We're starting with Chromecast Ultra because, well, we had to start somewhere, and it supports the full 4K Stadia experience in all its glory. We are going to add more options for all of our TV gamers, which tells me I'm putting my money on it right now. In February, when Stadia Base launches, you'll be able to play it on the third-gen Chromecast because it right. has Bluetooth LE, and there's no other reason for it to have Bluetooth LE. Like it's, it's but he says there. all, though. What about the, the Android TV? Android well, TV. yeah, but what about the other non-Bluetoothy? What about the last-gen Chromecast that well, didn't have the updated Bluetooth? I think that's mm. why they put the third-gen out. It's for, uh, you need that Bluetooth LE to talk to yeah. your controller uh, yeah. to get it onto the same server. But, but yeah, I think he's Android saying, TV, me, yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah, that's mm. dope. Um, hey, and speaking of Ultra, I remember whenever I uh, was was buying some stuff for for a new house, and I was got a new 4K <laughs> TV, and I was like, "Man, which Chromecast should I get?" And Robbie said, "Buy the Ultra. Future proof yourself. Get the Absolutely. Ultra." And boom, yeah, here we go. Look at yeah. There. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. So, is there anything else in there? I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's there are a bunch of stuff. Let's it's not let's, stuff we let's, need let's to really talk, talk let's, about. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about this whole how 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 this might get up and running. If you've got your your uh, your Chromecast Ultra and you have your controller, how 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 is this going to happen? This was about three hours of our day yesterday <laughs> how, how trying is, to figure this out. And how is this going to happen? And we're not sure because cr- the Stadia controller does not have an interface on it, uh, a, a digital display. The Chromecast just has what you see on your TV, which is your galleries and all that stuff. When you plug this in and you turn your controller on, what's the first step? <laughs> what's going to happen? Is your Chromecast just going to pop up a notification that says, hey, we noticed there's a Stadia controller. Do you want to connect? How does this work? Yeah, because there's never been a UI on there's Chromecast. Nothing there is in no the Q&A, there's nothing in the FAQ about setting it up the first time on a computer or setting it up with your phone or you... Maybe use the Google Home app. I don't know. Yeah, what do you I do? Mean, yeah, we're not sure. There's nothing. Surely there's nothing the goodness that says. Uh, at the end of this conversation yesterday, it was surely they've thought about this. <laughs> there is an answer, or maybe uh, they haven't, and now there's people scrambling. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine because they're especially the way they're selling the Founders Edition. Yeah, you know the Founders Edition comes with controller, Ultra, and a subscription to the service, right? And some free content. So. They're selling that as the package. There has to be a way. I mean, you have to assume there are going to be people that, not many probably, maybe not any, but there could be the random person that doesn't have a laptop, that doesn't have a phone, that's just going to have this stuff in their TV. They have to be able to set up Stadia somehow. Right. They have to be able to get started. And I'm, I have no idea how that happens because you got to log into your account. Like, how does that happen? Right, because just, just to be clear, the, the Bluetooth low energy on the Chromecast, this isn't like a Bluetooth speaker where I can pair my phone with it. Bluetooth low energy is just used to interact with things. Uh, it, it usually uses it to recognize like stuff. Yeah, yeah. so you know, when you're setting up a Chromecast in your, in your home app on your phone, it turns the Bluetooth on on your phone so it can interact with it, but it's not actually pairing with it. No. So are you going to have to use the Google Home app to set this up, or is there going to be some prompt 
the Chromecast throws when you turn your controller on saying, hey, we've detected a Stadia controller. Do you want to connect? Do you want to connect this to the same network, the same Wi-Fi that the the Chromecast is connected to? Yeah, because the the Stadia controller is going to work off of the Wi-Fi because it's going to have to run off the same network. To be fair, to be fair, um, I was just sitting here thinking about this kind of workflow. In that scenario, that odd scenario, I was just saying, the, the person setting it up has no phone, no computer, just a TV. If you were in that scenario right now with a Chromecast, you could not set your Chromecast up. No. You, you have to have a phone. You've got to have the Google Home app to at least get it on the Wi-Fi. So I could absolutely see them saying, get the Google Home app to set up your your Stadia yeah. experience. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't time. cost anything. And if, as long as you have some form of a smart device... Yeah, we put the home app on a Chromebook. Yeah, you, you can put that yeah, on mm-hmm, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but still, it just uh, like well, you, if I mean, you only yeah, have a so Windows true. laptop. But it is the no tie that bi- it's the tie that binds for all things Google. So yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it'll okay. be go to stadia.com forward slash setup, and it'll mm. pr- maybe prompt you to download the yeah, home app I'm or whatever. They, or, I hope know. that they include some sort of web setup. Yeah, uh, mm. where you don't have to use the home app. That would be nice, but. Who knows? Yeah, we won't. We know just that tap till. and play NFC. Ping. But it's so funny. I hadn't, <laughs> hadn't even thought about it, you yeah. know, until we had that conversation yesterday. Yeah. I was like, it's like, wait oh, a minute. I, d- well, I don't know. I don't well, know how that's going to look or and, work. Or and that whole conversation was kind of part of another conversation we had about uh, Stadia potentially bringing back the Chrome bit. <laughs> so for those that that aren't aware, uh, the Chrome bit or Chrome bits. Chrome bits. Uh, there's <laughs> one. There is, it is all uh, Chrome bit. Uh, Chrome yeah. bit. There were, uh, we thought there were going to be quite a few, but nobody ever. These are never. We actually are, saw we, one in Vegas last year, when, or earlier this year, when we were at the ASUS's booth. They just had randomly had one laying there. Odd. Because that. Well, but they're great devices. Whether you're running a kiosk or you just need to. It's a PC on a stick. It's not new. You can buy Windows PCs on a stick all day long on Amazon, but. It was the one and only Chrome Chrome OS one ever made. And it's running off the old school Rock Chip 3288 that's in the original Asus Flip C100. Ouch. So slow. Yeah. So, I mean, four, <laughs> so three slow. years ago, four years ago, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It's slow. But it will run Chrome OS and Stadia doesn't depend on your hardware. Correct. Now you're not going to be able to stream 4K. No, the, the 4K old rock, would be out yeah, the, the old Rock chip doesn't support it, but it does 1080p. Does 1080p. You plug it into the HDMI port of your television, you plug in the power source, you get a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and pair them to the Chrome bit and you have a if you have a 70-inch television, you now have a 70-inch Chromebox monitor bit <laughs> all in one. Whatever you want to call it, call it Chrome Base. There you go. Chrome it's a base. Yeah, it's Chrome now, base. your Chrome Bit is now a Chrome Base. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's a Chrome Chrome Game. Chrome Game. Chrome Game. Chrome, Chrome, yeah. Chrome Box Base. So Chrome Box game. Base Gamer. Um, I mean, uh, were they <laughs> two have? gigs or four gigs? I'm pretty sure it's two. So I back mean, back in the day when two gigs was it acceptable. Is, and and I said this in the article. <laughs> I'm not saying go out and buy one, but you can buy them new in the box for a hundred bucks. There's a link on the site, but. I'm not saying it will work. It's possible that that minimal amount of RAM could choke on just just the fact that it's trying to push that video to your TV. But what what's to stop manufacturers from just making these things in bulk? Like throw in the new Rock chip, the newer Rock chip, the one that's in the Samsung Plus or these MediaTek chips or whatever. 
double the RAM to four gigs. You've got built-in 4K support. Sell them for 150 bucks. You pair that with a cheap Logitech, whatever mouse and keyboard, you got $150 invested in a gaming device Which that will nuts. play everything Stadia has. Yep. I'd buy one. I'd buy one just to have it on my television. That way, when I'm at home, if I wanted to play, right. I could play on the TV if I can get the kids take out of the it, living room. Take it on the go. I mean, it, it, yeah, that the implications, I think, are wide-ranging. And, and honestly, with some of the new ARM, because it, it, you could do Chrome bits with Intel, but I think ARM lends itself much yeah. better to just because of the size and the, the battery needs. Um, I think with the new MediaTek processor, which I was looking at benchmarks the other day, I, I think it's going to be on par with like the 835 that's in the Pixel 2. Which um, is plenty to handle what's, what Stadia is doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be good for Chromebooks and stuff in general. Like, it's going to run Chrome OS really nicely. Yeah, if there was a Chromebook chrome os tablet on the market right now with that chip in it i'd buy it just to have yeah. it i mean that's yep no brainer um, and it you know supports a lot of the newer stuff mm-hmm. you know, 4k streaming all that kind of stuff and so and they're inexpensive that's not still not media text like top end chip no so, well they make those helios or something like that yeah, they're, they're their phone big ones, ones are helios yeah um and so they're cheaper chips so that makes for a chrome bit that's not going to cost a ton of money i mean i I would be shocked if we don't start seeing a few Chrome bits show up again. Like mm-hmm. they've been really basically out of the game for a couple of years. And if you years. all haven't thought about this manufacturers, shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. Bring the Chrome bit back. <laughs> the resurgence is coming. Well, hey, yes. we thought Chrome boxes were dead and they showed back yeah, up. Yeah, look, so. now we got Promethean making them. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just takes a few manufacturers yeah. and, and a good enough baseboard. Um, but that, and that's the thing we haven't really seen any development on that. Um, but, but motherboards and Chromebooks have gotten really tiny. Oh yeah. Um, Look at the pixel book. Yeah. It's like a Snickers bar. Yeah. So, I mean, you get, that's high powered. So, I mean, some of these lower powered ones could be much yeah, smaller. If you haven't seen, cause somebody did comment on, on the article, what it, what does a Chrome Chrome bit do? And, and a lot of people probably don't know what it does. Cause they've never heard of it. It's a PC on a stick. It's about, I don't know, Three, three, four inches. Three, four inches long. Dongle sized. So imagine a <laughs> imagine a relatively large flash drive. Yeah, is exactly large, what it looks like. Yeah, and I mean it's, it, they're condensed. They're obviously meant to live behind a screen yeah. and not take so up a lot of room. So if you plug it in the back of your television and you've got the power cable going to it, you'll never see it. So I mean yeah. it's and it's the, running Chrome OS. Yeah, just yep. the concept is brilliant. It just I think it was one of those things where it kind of was bad timing. I think yeah, it was too uh, early. Yeah. And someone else did comment on the article that they may be kind of a dying thing here, but overseas in places like Australia and stuff, they're they're huge. I guess a lot of businesses use them mm-hmm. because you can throw it in your pocket and take your computer right. wherever you want to go. I'm going somewhere to do a presentation exactly. for a, for a company. Just have it loaded up. Most conference go. rooms have a television in them. Yep. Plug it in, throw them. I mean, Robbie's so got no. What's that little mouse you usually carry around with you? A little surface. Yeah, a little surface, surface mouse. Uh, it's mobile. Perfect. And and, you, and the the cool part about a Chrome bit too, if we're not just talking about Stadia, is just that idea that if you need presentation software or whatever, like there's no need to set up like, oh, I got. How do I get this on the Wi-Fi? Bring up that app on my phone and pair the Apple TV or pair the Chromecast whoa. with this. And none of that's needed. You plug the Chrome bit in, and it's it has the interface is already there. You just move the mouse on the screen because it's already what? paired to the bluetooth stuff you got why, why don't we have one 
here in the office so we that when we film one we film videos we do this we filmed a video yesterday we needed to just put a blank well, you we know found stuff some used ones for what 70 bucks yeah, yeah. so yeah, i guess we'll have one pretty soon we're gonna we're gonna order one as soon as we're done here so <laughs> because it, honestly if nobody else makes a chrome bit when stadia does come out i want to see if it'll work yeah, on there for sure yeah i think it will yeah, yeah. i really do yeah, so maybe 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 some Chrome bits coming. Maybe a Chrome bit will come out just uh, in in the end of uh, this year. Just one will just show up. Just one. <laughs> maybe at CES. Yeah, we'll be at CES and there'll be another Chrome bit. So then we can have Chrome bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah perhaps. Well, folks, uh, thanks so much for listening today. Uh, this has been a, a fun, wide ranging conversation. A lot of Google, a lot of Google fun stuff to talk about. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, check us out online, chromeunboxed.com. And until next week, we'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunboxed.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at chromeunboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.